Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning again. Yay, people. Um, It's good to see people here. Again, for you guys watching online, just so that you know, we have opened up. We are spaced apart and we have space outside for you. Um, So if you feel comfortable coming, if you feel you need to be here, we are here for you. Uh, If you still don't feel comfortable, we totally understand. We're not trying to pressure anyone that you have to be here, but we want to be here for you if you feel the need to be here. And we are doing everything that we can to keep everyone safe. We are taking temperatures at the door. Uh, No one had a fever today, so that's a good thing. Um, We were wearing masks. Randy sang with a mask on. I was was impressed. I thought, should I do that? And I go, no. Um, I'm not going to, I'll just back up a little bit more, but I appreciate that, the things that we're doing to try and keep everybody safe. Um, I want to thank Stephanie, who's at the Genesis Works building with the kids. There's a few kids there. Parents are staying there. They're watching. Hi, everybody there on YouTube at the Works building. Stephanie, thank you. Uh, Jordan did a great job on the lyrics for the first time. We just threw him in there. Good job, Jordan. Um, figure if he's not doing philosophy and critical thinking, he'll do uh, lyrics. Um, thanks to, again, Brent helping me set up. Thank you for Brian with the announcements, Randy with the music, of course, Gil making everything work um, that works. Uh, all you guys, it's good to see Grandpa Bob here. Good to see Sue here. Heaven, good to see you. Uh, Kirk, good to see you. I can mention everyone, Pat, here. Uh, (laughs) It's not that many of us, so I can go through and name everybody. Uh, Nick's outside. Again, it's good to have this time together with you guys, and um, we do miss you, and it's good to have this time together. A couple of announcements that weren't on the one that Brian had recorded. The Human Library is next Sunday. And it's going to be here in the Genesis buildings and probably out on the parking lot as well. Uh, It's from 5 o'clock to 7.30. What we need to do is know if you are going to attend. So if you are planning to attend, please RSVP. You can do that at the Genesis Story, info at thegenesisstory.com. And let us know, human library going to be there. We want to know how many people are going to be here to make sure it is going to be something that is uh, attended because we're asking people to take their time to be here and to share their story. We want to make sure there are people here to hear their story. 
And if it's going to be something where there's not a lot of people who are able to make it for whatever reason, we will do it again, but we would like to do it now, and we'd like to know if you want to be there. And so I hope you can be there again here this next Sunday at 5 o'clock from 5 to 7.30. So please RSVP at info at the com. If you're here and you plan on coming, let us know here and we will take it down so that we know how many people are going to be there. We don't need a ton of people, but we want people to hear the stories. We got some amazing stories. And so we'd really like people to hear these stories that people are going to share. So that is that. Also, um, Colleen's Memorial, again, it's going to be on December 5th, Saturday, December 5th. We are going to stream it live here on the Genesis Story YouTube channel. And we are asking that people have basically like watch parties to join together with people that you love to be there. Uh, Colleen's family is going to be gathered together where we stream it and we are gonna have that time that they share together and we are gonna share with everybody through uh, the internet Um, it's crazy and it's heartbreaking that we can't gather together to celebrate her life because if there's anyone's life who deserves to be celebrated together, it's hers. But even as I've shared with Krista, her legacy is going to live long past COVID. And we are grateful for her in so many ways. And so uh, I'll continue to remind you about the time when that's going to take place, but it is going to be on Saturday, December 5th here at this YouTube channel. Um, And so we invite you to be a part of that and again, to bring people around so that you can share with each other at that time. Okay. Let's pause and let's pray. God, our hearts are in need. They're in need of healing. They're in need of connection. They are in need of you. And we are here together this morning because of that need. And we are asking that you, in whatever ways you can, meet us here in these needs that we have. Again, thank you for friends. I thank you for family. I thank you for the people in my life who hold me up, who keep me safe mentally, emotionally, and even physically. Lord, may our time together bring about more healing, more connection, and more love. We do ask it in your name, Jesus. Amen. For the past seven weeks, I have really been doing a, a series that's kind of the foundations of discipleship. And just reflecting back on some of those things, I mean, the first week I talked about how God is always present in that work. That even though we may not sense it, we may not feel we're in a good place, 
we might feel distant, far from God, that he is still present and wanting to work. And the reason that's so important is because there is never a time where you cannot reach out and know that he is there. There's never a time when you have to worry about if God hears, if God cares, or if God is wanting to do something. He always is, right? That's good news. That, that's gospel. God is present. The kingdom of heaven is within you. It's within your midst. It's within your grasp. It, it is something happening now that you can partake of. And then we talked about how God is always present and how he looks like Jesus. In other words, to get an idea of God is kind of obscure and ridiculous if you think about God being that beyond which we can really fathom and understand. And so we have the example of Christ giving us understanding of who God is by how Jesus interacted with people how he spoke with people, how he cared about people. Ultimately, his sacrificial love for people is what we believe is God's posture towards people. That God so loves that he gives. And having this understanding that God is present, that God is working, and that God is wanting this engagement helps draw us in because then it also helps us to understand that God meets us in reality. In other words, who you really are, that's where God wants to work. Not in the you that you want people to think you are. Anyone read me there, right? We all got that little, yeah, I'm cool. You know, we we have these things that we try to posture ourselves, to present ourselves in a way, and God sees through the facade that we might hold and he knows who we really are, and that's where he's really working. He's wanting to work in our lives who we really are in the present. Because that's the only place God does work is in reality. And sometimes we're the one who, who live in the fake, right? We, we live in the hypocrisy. We live in the acting. We live in the, the playing. And God wants to cut through that and deal with the reality of who we are right now. And why does God care? Why does God want to do that? Because God cares about all of this more than we do. As much as you love people, God loves more. As much as you are concerned about injustice, God is concerned more. That God is the one who gives us those emotions, provokes those things in us. And it's just a reverberation of what really is a part of who God is. And so these things, these desires for compassion, these desires for justice, these desires to be right and see people live right, it's part of who God is. And the way you feel it, God feels it more. And all these things should be like a magnet drawing us into his presence, drawing us towards one another drawing us to grow in these things. And then we talked about that what God does through you, he first does in you. And this really goes back to that God wanting to deal with the reality, right? God doesn't want to use you. God wants to 
work with you. God doesn't use people. He works with people. And we, we kind of talked about the nuance. Yeah, I want to be used with God. We know how that plays out, what that looks like. But it's important to understand that God isn't in the business of using people. He's working with people. And what he's going to do through you, he's going to do in you. Last week, we talked about divine unity, how this is the will of God. This is what God wants for your life is for you to be one, even as he is one with his father. And we got into just the the mystical language that that is. We talked about the imagination, how we have to be able to see things beyond just maybe our physical level, that there's a whole lot more taking place. And when Jesus is saying that he wants us to be one, even as the father is one, or that we live and move, and in him we have our being, that God revealed to even the pagan poets, we understand that what God is trying to do is draw all things to himself. He's retelling the story, creating a new heaven and a new earth, bringing this all together. And and today, I kind of want to close this little series on foundations of discipleship with the idea that we learn to love through participation. That we learn as we go. And that's really how things are. When it comes to spiritual knowledge, you haven't truly learned something until you've started doing We learn love through embodied participation, not from just a dispassionate analysis. Now, how do you become a better follower of Jesus? How how do you become this idea of disciple learner? How do you become someone who is a close follower of Jesus by studying more or by living in step with? Right? The, the knowledge is necessary, it's important, but we, we learn as we experience these things. There's a, a huge relief in this that I'm not expected to get everything right the first time around. How can I? I don't know how to live as I should completely. And so I start stepping in these things and walking towards them. And if the goal of our discipleship is divine union and love, then we need to learn how to love by involving ourselves in loving action and processing this through the failures and the breakthroughs as we go through those things. That's how we learn, right? And there's a lot of assumptions about how we learn things. We live in a world where it presupposes that we can access the control of lives through our prefrontal cortex, right? So our assumptions about learning something new center on thinking more and then taking in more information. Now, of course, there are some forms of learning that happen like this. Right? If you're having to replace the alternator on your car, you need to get information. I, I would always get those books. The, I think they were called the Haynes Repair Manuals. And whatever year car I had, which was quite a few, especially in those high school years, because like that one's no good anymore. Get rid of it, right? I, I would get a manual 
teaching me what to do. What parts do I need to take out first? Because if you remove this bolt before this bolt, you're stuck. And so some things you just need to get the information in so that you can process those things. It isn't that cognitive knowledge is unimportant, but it's insufficient when it comes to love and living lives of unity with one another. Knowledge can't do it. It needs to be present and interacting. It's also important to note that love is not primarily a feeling or a sentiment. It's always the case when I'm doing training, dog training, and I'll go into a home and they've got a dog who's going crazy, right? The dog's snapping at people, the dog's jumping all over them, and then they, they're saying, I don't know what's going wrong with the dog. You know, we've got a good home. Some of these dogs eat better than I do. I'm not kidding you. They're eating like I feed them fresh chicken and rice every day. I go, you do? What time do you feed your dog? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be by. I mean, they're doing so much for this dogs because they, they want to love their dogs. And they have this idea that love is about showing affection. It's about petting. It's about the feeling I get when I'm with my dog because they're so cute. They're so cuddly. I love them so much. But I have to tell them and show them that if you really love your dog, you're going to love them by leading them. In other words, you need to be what the dog needs so that they don't jump, so that they don't bite, so they don't have separation anxiety. You have to lead them in that way. If you really love them, you have to show it in your behavior with them. That it's more than sentiment. It's more than feeling that it actually has to show up in our actions in how we conduct ourselves with one another. And another important thing to realize about learning and learning in as we go is that failure is a part of the process. I don't know about you, but that just makes me feel good right now because if failure is part of the process, I'm a success, right? It's like, okay, I, I've got this. I, I can fail well. Um, How do you view failure? And it's vital to how we move forward, right? Failure is the opportunity to grow and to learn. When I first started learning guitar, you know, you you sit there with the teacher. I had a guitar teacher, and he was showing me some fundamentals, and he was showing me some chord progressions, and he's like playing these chords, and they're just so fluid, and we're going through a song, and we're playing the song, and he's just got right there. We're listening then on cassette. You know, it was like, okay, yeah, oh, and he's just doing it so effortlessly, and then I'm getting there, and I've like got bricks for fingers, you know, and I'm just like trying to make the fingers work, and nothing's happening. It's just awkward. And I could look at that as like, I failed. I cannot play that song. Or else I take that as like, oh man, I need to get better at this. And then you come to the dreaded B flat chord on guitar. (laughs) Right, you can do the G, you can do the C, you can do the D. But that B flat, there's different ways to do it, but it's kind of a bar chord and it takes a lot more work. And if you want to play Rocket Man, right? By Elton John, you need the B flat chord. Or if you want to play Purple Rain, 
by Prince or the phrase how to save a life, right? You got to master that chord and it's just one of those chords. And, and I tell you, there's times when you get to that chord, you just want to quit. Like, okay, I'll just play knocking on heaven's door because I got that one, right? I, I can do those three chords, but when it gets to that B flat, man, I'm just, I'm done for. But then pretty soon you actually get to do that and you start mastering the chord and now you can play five other songs, And as you start practicing, you start getting better. You get it right, but you don't get it right the first time. And the reason people don't become proficient in so many things is because they quit because they think they failed. Instead of looking at this as something that is a challenge to grow past. Not everyone's going to be a great guitarist. Not everyone's going to be a great painter. But you'll never become a great at anything if when you fail, you stop. And that's especially true at life and how we love. Because if you think playing a B-flat chord is hard, you should try loving people. Right? That's hard. Man, that takes... A lot of work. What would happen if we quit caring? What would happen if Michael Jordan quit because he didn't make his high school basketball team? Can you imagine? Or Stephen King got turned down 30 times for his book, Carrie. Masterpiece, right? Sissy Spacek in the blood, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? 30 times he got shut down for that, but he didn't stop. He pursued, went further. And you guys, there's so many stories where people, when they failed, they didn't stop. They kept pushing. How much more so in life? Loving and caring for people, right? My journey as a pastor, and that's what I consider it. I'm learning as I go, I don't know how it makes you guys feel. <laughs> it's, at least I'm not a brain surgeon, right? <laughs> well, we'll figure out this as we get through it, right? But as a pastor, I'm learning a lot as I go. And the way I started is not the place I am now. And my idea of leading people is different than it was then. How I'm leading, where I'm leading has changed as I've seen mistakes that I've made in the process and even the goal where there was once a goal orientation of getting people to know information to now getting people to walk with God and with one another and learning how to do that better. And it is a learning process. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 5, he says, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. How can you rejoice in suffering? That's so contradictory. That's like, blessed are those who mourn. It it does not make sense unless it is a process that's leading somewhere else. In other words, you're learning as you go. And so you suffer because your suffer is producing endurance. It's producing patience. It's developing your character 
And that character allows you to hope in the God who you are trusting in as you see that he has given his spirit to us, teaching us, present with us, drawing us into that love itself. You seldom get it right the first time. You seldom get loving people right. You seldom get playing guitar, playing basketball, painting right the first time. You you seldom get it right the first time. And when love is the goal, failing is part of the process. In fact, we don't know what we need to learn next a lot of times until we experience that failure. Until you... have that uncomfortable conversation with a loved one. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a sibling. Maybe it's a coworker. When you unknowingly hurt their feelings because you forgot their anniversary or that it was Mother's Day or their birthday. Okay, I'll stop talking about myself. When you make that mistake and you cause harm to someone, and it comes back, you either will accept it and grow from it or excuse it, justify it. Oh, I was too busy. I, 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 I couldn't, I tried, but I couldn't. You'll make an excuse instead of sitting in it, letting it do its work in you and say, oh man, that stinks. I apologize for forgetting. There was one time I forgot our anniversary and I was so fortunate because she forgot it too. (laughs) We were sitting on the couch watching TV, exhausted from our four little ones. And all of a sudden it dawned on me, oh my gosh, today's our anniversary. And I thought I was in such trouble. And I looked at her and I said, happy anniversary. And she went, oh. And she'd forgotten too, so I felt good. I go, what did you forget? No. (laughs) But you see, when you're caring, there's a difference, right? There's a difference between a parent and a teacher. And although a parent can be both, one's job consists of transferring information and learning, and the other is about training for life. Right, a teacher can, and a teacher, good teachers share their lives with people. Right, you've had good teachers where it's like you feel connected to them because they are living examples. But there's a difference between just teaching someone and being a parent for someone because one involves a little bit more responsibility. One is stepping into the relationship in a deeper level. And how do you do that? Right? How, how do you take into that place? Paul would say in Corinthians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians 4.15, For though you have countless guides or teachers in Christ, you do not have many fathers, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. How did he become their father? He spent time with them. He went and pers- was persecuted because of them. He gave of himself to them, and he moved from just being someone who talks to them to someone who is living with them and for them because he is actually growing in a participating way by loving them with his life. There's a difference. There's a huge difference. 
And you and I have people in our lives who we live like that with. And then we have other people, right? And it's not bad. I mean, I'm not going to have that dynamic with everybody. But there are some people who are close to me. There are some people who I do life with. There are people I call when trouble happens. You know what I'm saying? There are people who, when I hit the wall, I need somebody and I'll make that call and they'll pick up. Those are the people we do life with. That, that's what we're going to. Love is about participating with. How did Paul become their father? It was by time, hardship, that he spent with them for them. No child understands the sacrifices made for them by their parents. No kid does. It's not until you're older that you look back and think, oh man, my parents did a lot. They did a lot for me. Or these people did a lot. Right? I, I can't tell you how many times I've walked in and seen my son watching Sonic or Scooby-Doo again. Right? It's like, oh my gosh, how many times do you have to watch that movie? And you could see my son, he's just like, oh, like this movie again. But my grandson loves it. Right? How many cartoons did we watch? We used to watch this Davy's Christmas and we watched it a thousand times because it gave us peace for a half hour, right? I mean, we just had this. But parents don't just teach, they train. And the difference is training involves teaching, but it's more than teaching. We normally assume that we think our way into new ways of living and that just falls short. And that's one of the things I think with me, at least, the idea of inductive Bible study, right? The promise of inductive Bible study is you read a passage, you interpret it so that you understand it as a concept and then you apply it to your life. But people are complicated. It doesn't work that easy. Sure, we can think our way into new ways of living in some ways, but we also live our way into new ways of thinking. It requires action, not just information. It requires participation. The only way to, to carve new neurological pathways is to practice a lot of B-flat chords. If you don't practice that chord, you're never going to get it. If you don't practice love, you're never going to get it. I don't care how many times you read 1 Corinthians 13. It's a difference between reading it and living it out. Love is patient. Yes, it is. Shut up. What are you talking about? You know, love is patient. Why aren't you patient? Because I'm not living it out. Nothing gave me more patience than having kids. Got no choice. Right? I did a training yesterday. Um, this young couple, they had a little dog. They got a puppy. Everyone got puppies during COVID. I've done more puppy lessons in one month than I did in a whole year last year. And they had puppy. And the, the wife was almost in tears saying, I don't like this dog. I don't like this dog anymore. I don't like this. I don't want this dog anymore because it's so much work. And I had to calm her down. I said, it's going to be okay. 
You're going to get past this. We're going to help you through this. I'm going to help the dog and help you to get the dog to settle down. And we're going to give you some guidelines so you're going to make it. And I can't tell you how appreciative she was just by me telling her you're going to make it and giving her some help with this puppy. Otherwise, she was going to go crazy. You see, but she had to take the lessons. She had to put those things into practice so that she could start developing the ability. And as we started working with the dog, I say, okay, shh, it's okay, calm down, relax. You don't need to yell here. We're just going to take it easy. And we see the dog respond, and she's like, oh, it's listening, right? And I go, first of all, it's not an it. No, I said, you know, of course it is because now you're communicating. Before you were just frantic, you were just yelling, you didn't know how to communicate, you didn't know how to walk with, and now you are, and the dog is understanding, and this is going to be a whole new relationship for you. And I love that. I love when you see the transformation, when you see people's eyes spark and they go, I can do this. That's why I'm a pastor. When I see people and they say, I can do this life thing. I can do this with people. I can make this, even though I've lost these people in my life, even though I've overcome these addictions, even though I've got this past, I can do this to be able to to connect people to the God who is able to restore and start walking with him and see what he can do. See what will happen when you start living and participating with God and with one another. Changes everything changes everything that's what we want in discipleship our learning process we we learn more than information right so many times the idea is well discipleship is learning and discussion groups we're going to learn we're going to discuss we're going to learn and discuss but training creates an environment where failure is safe When you fail, you don't become a failure. You learn to fail forward. Okay, that's not how you play a B-flat chord. That sounded terrible. Try not to do that again. Because I really like that song, and you're ruining it, right? You just like try to do better so that you can achieve. And to be clear, failure doesn't automatically produce transformation, just so you know. And learning... You know, it's not something that, well, you fail, so you're learning. Not always, right? That's where the trainer, the teacher, a parent comes in, right, to to debrief, to help you to move forward. And, of course, the Spirit of God is there to do the same thing. Our understanding grows as we participate in love. As we start walking with, we start learning more. And that's when failure produces something, when we are walking with and growing in. And as a parent, it's different how we love a toddler and a teenager, even though supposedly they're the same person. But it's different. I need different set of care and concerns for the toddler than I do the teenager. But the only way I can love both of them is to be with them and who they are. I can't just say, well, this is how you love kids and put a three-point plan. You might be able to do that in a general way, 
but it involves stepping into that, right? When Jesus told his disciples, you know, these demons only come out by prayer and fasting. He was telling them, you have to participate in this. It's going to involve more. You have to stay up into that, right? Knowledge is opened up to us when we live in relationship with. That's how it happens. One more passage in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 and 19. And I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation because it's just beautiful how it's written out. It says, Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. That's beautiful. I just love that, right? That constantly using your faith, that means by walking in this faith, by living in this faith, by journeying in this faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. He goes on, he says, then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one, which means saints, experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Woo! Ah, need some of that, right? I, I want some of that. But it's beyond our measuring. It's beyond our understanding. It's something that we must experience. It's something that we must live in. And to be a disciple, to be someone who is learning about God as Christ is revealing, it means to walk with, walk in, walk by, stay close to journey, fall, get back up and keep going on. Where are you? What's going on in your life? What, what roadblocks are you hitting right now? Where are you failing? Where are you putting the guitar down and saying, I can't play anymore? Because this is where we get up again and we try again and we take another step forward and maybe we learn a little bit more from what happened just now to help us take a step a little bit further. And a little further is good. Watching kids learn to walk is so much fun. They get so excited. And you look at them and you go, man, no one claps when I walk like that. They, you know, I'm, let's think I'm drunk if I did that, right? They're just waddling around and they got a big old grin on their face and like, look what I can do. That's how I feel most of the time. I'm just like, God, look what I can do. And I'm just stumbling my way forward. And just like I feel about watching my grandkids, God is looking at you saying, good job. You see, I don't take it lightly, some of the hardships you guys have been through. 
some of the hurts that have happened in your life. I know what it's like in my experience to go through those things. I know the times where I've just wanted to stop. I know when I, I hear some things or, or when I, I, I feel the criticism, whether it's from others or even my own self, and I just want to stop. I know the hurt and I know the damage it can do. And the fact that you guys are here and wanting to move forward, I applaud that. Get up. Keep walking. Let's, let's move forward together. Right? This country is going to need people who know how to fail and get back up and move. We need to be the people who live by an example of actually participating with one another in love and caring. How else will people know we are his disciples except that we love one another? This is a safe place to fail. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You failed. Okay, let's go. The thing I love about AA is they applaud people's honesty. They're not going to put up with the pretense and the false and the hypocrisy. Don't tell me that. Tell me what's happening. Okay, I'm an alcoholic. Yes, let's go. That's so beautiful. I've always wanted to make Genesis a place where people learn. But reimagining this, I wonder, how can we cultivate a safe place for people to fail? I want to try to do something better. Let's try. Oh, it failed? Okay. I, I think the problem with sometimes some churches is that this idea of discipleship and information stops us from participation. Right. I mean, I, I love the things that we have done and even the things that we have failed in doing. I remember when we put Colleen in a house over in Randy Street. Remember when we painted the apartments and we got it and she was going to move in and we were going to have a little hub there on Randy Street where we we're going to start Bible studies. And I don't know, it wasn't a couple months later and that failed. And I look back at that and I'm like, yeah, that was a great idea. It just didn't work. When Beth did the word and deed with the ladies where they'd have a Bible study and then they'd want to go and participate, put something to practice. The lady started making food for the homeless and taking it to them. It seemed like a great idea. And then we found out that we were actually enabling the homeless to stay in their addiction and it weren't helping them because it's a lot of work to help them. Yeah, we felt good about doing those things and it wasn't a bad thing, but it didn't succeed the way we had hoped it would but it was still good. See, I want to give opportunity. You want to fail? This is the place. Let's imagine ways that, not we can fail, but we can try. And if it fails, it's okay. At least we're walking with. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, our workspace, man, this is a great idea. We just feel it. Pandemic. We, you know, we planned a few weeks ago, we're going to have a, a grand opening. We're going to do it, spike in COVID. We're going to open here, spike in COVID. You know what? Hey, if we have to do it again in two months, if we have to reimagine it, we're going to keep going. I'm not worried about failing. 
I'm worried about not trying at all. That's what scares me. That I get complacent, that I get comfortable, and I stop walking with, that I stop growing, that I stop trying to reach, that I stop trying to do things that will influence the life of the people around me. I don't want to get there. I I want to move forward. And we're going to try all we can. And we're going to pour our hearts into these things because we believe that God wants to do these things. We believe God wants to reach people and we believe he wants to use us. This is about how we live a life of love for one another. We learn not just by hearing, but by hearing and doing. James tells us that. We only learn when our bodies are engaged. As we act in accordance with love, we learn. And to learn, there's going to be a lot of B-flat chords. There's going to be a lot of tears. There's going to be a lot of time. But that's what it is to follow Jesus. Let's follow him together. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, it is one thing to recognize that life is a journey. And it's another to be on that journey. Father, I pray that we would be on that journey together as we desire to reimagine what church is, where we we desire to be people who are connected to other people, connected in their business, connected in their art, connected in their lives, connected in their issues, connected in all these areas. We want to participate with you as you are participating with them. And I I thank you for the imagination that people have and wanting to do things, wanting to develop spaces for people to gather, to learn, to grow. I, I thank you that this building is being used even though it's in a pandemic for other things, for nonprofits that come in here, for AA meetings that take place here. Lord, I, I pray that more things happen here and that the workspace grows and takes place and that people are able to gather together, work together and learn together and that we can be a part of those things. Lord, I'm grateful for your grace that allows us to try and to fail and to try again, that teaches us in the process. Lord, may we be as generous, patient, and forgiving as you are with us. And I thank you again for God, what I feel is something new taking place here in me and I think in others as well. 
And I pray, Lord, for those who are, are hearing this and maybe are in a place where they have been struggling, they are, are wanting change. Maybe the pandemic ha- has been the B-flat chord that they are struggling with. It has forced them into a place where they are having to get over this hump and they are recognizing right now, maybe for a first time, that they don't have the ability without someone else to help. Lord, may we come alongside, may we be the help, may we be the fathers, the mothers, the sisters, the brothers, the family that is needed to embrace, to hold, and to help through difficult times. And if you are in that place where you're feeling this way, I do want to extend an invitation. If you need to be somewhere, we are here for you. And if you have questions, I can't promise answers, but I will listen. We will listen. We will journey together to find answers and to grow. And wherever you are and whoever you are and whatever your belief is, you belong here. You do not have to believe the way we do to belong. We love you because God loves you and he loves us end of story if you want to be a part of a family we want to be your family Lord help us to be good parents good siblings good Christians who live and love as you do we pray in Jesus name Let's stand together. Gosh, I haven't said that for a long time, but let's do that. I don't know how many masks I've tried, and they all fail. (laughs) But I'm going to keep trying until I can get one that doesn't fog up my glasses. I don't know how many times I've tried to make things happen and still fail. But I'm going to keep trying until it works. May God help us to persevere through life and love those around us. May we understand that following God is participating in life with Him and with others. God bless you guys. Love you. Thank you for being here. Love you who are at home. We weren't able to see you. We miss you. Remember the Human Library next Sunday. Remember the Genesis Workspace is open. If you need a space to work, let us know. Uh, Be safe, everyone. We love you. God bless you guys. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.